This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello everyone and welcome back. It's been a long break. I am psyched to be back with you. As much as I love cooking and cleaning, I definitely love being here with you way, way more. So I'm really excited and I hope you're feeling the same so that we could all really put our best foot forward and gain more tools and get more inspired and take our lives to even better places. So today we're going to be doing Perak Yorchas, chapter 18, and this Perak is being sponsored by Anonymous in appreciation for all the good things that have come into their life recently and as a tefillah for the future that this family should just continue to attract more and more bracha and mazel into their life. So Perak Yorchas, chapter 18, is a Perak that David says towards the end of his life. It's a quite a long parak. We're going to look at very few psukim here. Um, but the, the basic, you know, the background of the parak is that it's the end of his life. He's not going out to war anymore. He's older. He's staying back in the palace. And he's looking back in hindsight at his life. And we all know that hindsight is twenty twenty. So when he looks back at everything that he's been through and all the miracles that he's seen, he becomes so full of gratitude and clarity that everything that happened for him was, you know, exactly the way it was supposed to be. So the first part of the parak here is going to speak about his gratitude that he has for Hashem coming in and saving him in, in all of the difficulties and dangers that he's been through in his life. And then he's going to explain the way the world works. He's going to, and the pasuk that we're going to focus on is the pasuk of im chesed tishasad. That if a person, im chesed tishasad, sorry. If a person is devout and pious, he'll be treated that way in return. Hashem treats people mida keneged mida. And we're going to, he's going to talk about the fact that him in his own life, you know, we're going to zone in specifically on the chesed, the attitude of chesed that he had in his life even towards his enemies. When looking at his enemies, he never davened that they should be destroyed. He always wanted them to repent. He wanted their life to improve. He wanted things to be better for them. And that was really his attitude towards his enemies. And because of that, Hashem showered him with chesed in return. And that's what it means, im chesed tis chesed. Chesed comes from the word chesed. When I do chesed, I attract I draw in chesed into my life. And that's the focus of what we're going to be talking about today. The, you know, we're going to look at a, a novel, new, you know, idea. Three, actually. Three ideas of how to look at other people with an attitude of chesed so that we can then draw chesed into our life in return. And I'm looking forward to teaching this lesson, especially because it's Sfira now. And we know that the students of Rabbi Akiva did not give each other proper kavod and respect. And so I think it's very apropos. We're going to, we're going to see how David treated others with respect and got treated and saved and, and really 
you know, Hashem really gave it back to him, sent all that chesed back his way. And we're going to talk about how to do that in our own life in three very practical ways. So let's start off with where we see Pasuk Aleph, Parak Yerches Pasuk Aleph, shows us about David's gratitude. And he starts off by saying, Lam Hashem. He refers to himself as an Eved Hashem. It's an interesting way of starting off the Parak, talking about himself as a servant. What's the significance of him talking about himself as a servant while talking about the gratitude that he feels. So let's take a little mushal that you're a little girl and your father's taking you out for ice cream. And he buys you an ice cream cone with two scoops and you're walking out holding his hand, walking out of the store, feeling great, feeling happy, feeling loving. But would you say your major feeling is gratitude? Not necessarily. Why? Because he's your father. That's his job, right? You're just happy. You're feeling good. But if you went out ever with a friend and her father took you for ice cream, right? If you went with, with, with them and he treated you to an ice cream cone, probably the first feeling that you had was gratitude, a feeling of indebtedness. Like, you didn't owe me anything. It's so nice that you bought this for me. And so that's what David is trying to do here when he talks about himself as a servant. He's saying, Hashem took care of me in so many miraculous ways but what am I? He doesn't owe me anything. He's not talking about himself here as a Ben, as a child of God who's deservant of all of this. He's saying, I'm a servant. You didn't owe me anything and you gave it to me anyways. So the fact that he's talking about himself as an Evid really gives us a clear picture into the amount of indebtedness and gratitude he's feeling now here at the end of his life as he looks back at all the chesed that was done for him. And he talks about in Pasuk Beis all the chesed that he had, that Hashem was his Hashem sali, umetsudasi, umefalti. He refers to Hashem as his rescuer and his rock and his fortress. And, and he has all these words. He uses 10 different words to describe the way he was saved. And those 10 words correspond to the 10 enemies that he was up against in his life, like Doeg and Achitofel and Shaul, etc. So he's really spending this first part of the parak just expressing his deep sense of gratitude. Pasuk Gimel says, Mehulal ekra Hashem umin He's saying here, this was my mahalach in life. How did I go about my challenges? Mehulal ekra Hashem. I called out to Hashem in praise. And because I called out to Hashem in praise, umin In those moments that I was expressing my praise and gratitude, I knew for certain, that I will be rescued. It's in future tense, that word. So he's saying, basically, the Ibn Ezra explains that he knew he was going to be rescued because he was in a state of gratitude. And we have to know that gratitude is a form of prayer. Prayer is not just about asking for what I want. Another way of praying, another way of being able to feel sure that I'm bringing good things into my life is by being in a state of gratitude and joy and praise for what I already have now. And we talk about that all the time. And that's what David is showing us here right now. I know for certain that I'm going to be rescued because I'm in a state of gratitude. So if there's anything in our own life that we're worried about, that we're concerned about, we have to remember that besides for asking for it to get cleared up, we also need to see it and feel it differently in the present. So for example, if somebody were to be worrying now about their health, which is a common worry, a common concern, instead of focusing on what's not going right 
you know, they're davening for help, but they keep thinking about that thing that they don't like, the thing that they're concerned and worried about. So what they would do is they would instead shift to thinking about what I am grateful for in my health. There's so many things that are going well in my body right now. Maybe a person's concerned about a test result or something that might come out or a surgery that they might have, but they need the way to ensure that things, you know, to really ensure that there's going to merit to have a positive outcome. The real schuss here is to stay in the present, being grateful for all the good things that I have right now. So they would wake up in the morning and say, what is working well for me? My eyes are working. My hands are working. My feet are working. And just feel joy and gratitude for all the things that are in good health. And that's how you bring about good things into your life. So that's a lesson that we learn here from David that we speak about all the time. Uh, I can't stress it enough. Staying grateful for what we have is the best way to ensure umin ayvai ivashaya that in the future I'm going to have more salvation and more good results. So that's the first thing. There's another explanation to these words umin ayvai ivashaya, and from my enemies, that's my salvation. It's a totally different way of understanding it, but what it's saying here is that David is explaining that from his worst enemies came his greatest salvation. It seems so, like, how could it be? But if you look back at what happened with him and Goliath, he was fighting the giant, and ultimately, what did he do? He took the giant's sword to take to decapitate him. It was the sword of Goliath that he used to take off Goliath's head. So he's saying here, quite literally, it was from my enemies that I had my greatest salvation. And we see the same thing, the, the most, you know, the idea that pops into mind right away is Haman, right? Haman actually set the stage so perfectly in so many different ways for his own demise, for his own downfall. From our enemies comes our salvation. He created the gallows that he was hung on. He brought Esther into the palace. He got Vashti killed to then make room for Esther to make room for the, you know, for his own life to to be to be destroyed. So you know, besides for looking at this in a very literal way, we have to realize that it applies, it's an, a principle that applies in our lives as well. Very often we see people, you know, who are presenting us with a challenge in such a negative light. But what we have to recognize is those people that challenge, that challenge us, those are the people that ultimately bring us the most help in our life. And I know on the outside it seems crazy, but we're going we're gonna to see, and I'm going to talk about it soon, we're going to see how to actually see that this is true with the people that make us the most crazy in our lives and the people that drive us nuts, that those people are the ones that ultimately end up pushing us to our highest heights. And we're going to see, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk more about that soon. So let's look at, para, at Pasuk Chaf Vav. Pasuk Chavav, like starting in, you know, Pasuk Chav, Chav Aleph, we start to see a turning point. And the Perak, you know, go, veers away from the gratitude piece and starts getting into this idea of, you know, the Mida Keneged Mida of the way Hashem runs the world. And David starts explaining, he doesn't mean to brag, but he talks about how he was kind to others, specifically Sha'ol, when he was in the cave in tight quarters with Sha'ol. Sha'ol was trying to kill him, and David found himself in a position of power next to Sha'ol. He was actually right near him, and Sha'ol didn't see him, and he could have killed him. But what did he do instead? Instead, he just ripped off a piece of his clothing. He didn't want to kill him. He wanted to just show him later on, you see, I, could, I was right by you, I could have killed you, but I didn't. 
He wanted to show that I had an attitude of chesed towards you. And David really did have an attitude of chesed towards his enemies. And he talks about that. And he said, I always tried to do the right thing. And because of that, that was really why I was zocha to so many incredible miracles happening to me. And that I was always saved. And that I was always victorious. So if we look at Pasach Chavav, Im Chassid Tis Chassad, this really sums up what he's trying to say. That with a Chassid, with a pious person, Hashem acts piously. And the word Chassid is from the word Chassid. When a person feels like, you know, in a, in, they're in a, a mindset of chesed towards others, they end up experiencing that chesed in their life in return. Just to give you an example about, of this, um, back in the day when I was starting coaching and I wanted to create, I wanted to have clients and I wanted to help people and I wanted to feel like I'm using my kochos to make a difference. I was reading a bunch of books on how to build up your clientele and how to make it happen for yourself and what most of the, the very smart authors all really came had the, the the same idea they were all sending the same message what was the message the message is that when you're starting a business if you want to be successful at what you do you can't go into it with a mindset of how is this going to benefit me it, you're going to be you're going to be successful you're going to see abundance coming your way when you're looking to help when you're looking to do kindness for others and you're looking to use your talents and your kochos to make a difference in the world to bring light into the world to help other people that's when things will just naturally flow and so i started doing things like that i started giving out advice and i started giving free classes and you know, over the years, I was I was really setting an intention that I should be helpful to others. That it, it's not about me. It's not about the money I make or the fame or recognition that I get or the fulfillment that I'm getting. Those are good and those are important parts of the process. But the real motivation and the real intention was on trying to help others. And I, I, I try always to keep my intention in that way because I see so clearly how when I do that, that's when... I feel like I'm in a position to really, that's when people are coming my way. That's when I'm drawing in chesed from all around me and I'm able to build up, you know, the type of career that I want to build up when I'm, when my mindset is first focused on everyone else. So that's an example. Im chesed tis chesed. When you're doing chesed, you're getting chesed in return. And we all know that the people that we love to be around, who are the people that we want to help, that we want to be there for, that we want to love, that we want to give to, those are the people that have that they themselves are holding a loving attitude towards other people. They're don lakafschos. They're kind. They're thoughtful. They're sensitive. Right? Those are the people that we want to then surround with chesed as well. So this really is true. And I want to talk about three specific ways that we could, you know, increase our chesed and, you know, thereby see more chesed come into our life and really be able to reach our goals and get to where we want to get to. So let's look at three different ideas, okay? So first of all, we have to recognize, before I get to these three ideas, that chesed comes from the word chas. What's the root of chesed? Chas means rachamim. Chas means 
um, a sense of compassion, uh, looking at other people softly and kindly, seeing the good in them, um, sending them love, feeling loving feelings towards them. That's really the driving force behind any action that we could do, any nice action that we would do towards somebody else is going to have to come from that place. Otherwise, is it going to last? If, I, if I'm if i doing something begrudging for someone who I really don't like and I don't feel good towards, am I really going to be able to keep doing chesed, right? The driving force is the feelings. I have to look at people with an attitude of kindness and softness and compassion and give them the benefit of the doubt. That's really the root of chesed. And so I want to give us three ways of tapping into that ability because, you know, there's everybody has somebody in their life that's really just maddening, right? That's really just like ugh, frustrating. So we want to take those people right now during Sphero when we're looking to be metakin for the chait of those students of Rabbi Akiva. We're looking to bring love into the world, to bring Mashiach, to bring, to get rid of sinas chinam and start seeing people for their for who they really are at the core, for their soul. So, you know, this is what we're looking to do now. So how do we get to this place? Here's my three ideas. Number one, the first thing I want to say is that you can't get to a place of loving others until you're at a place of loving yourself. The first thing we have to do is to check, how do I feel towards me? Because the way I treat others will automatically be a projection of how I'm feeling inside myself. And it will just, everything will just naturally, whatever my relationship with myself naturally spills out into my interactions and my feelings with others. So that's number one, and that is the most important place to start. So look at, you know, and we speak about this a lot. We've discussed this a lot, different ways of having self-love. We spoke about self-talk. You know, catch yourself saying mean things to yourself, flip them around, speak to yourself kindly, and it will help you to do this when you recognize that doing this will help you be nicer to others as well. So that's the first thing you have to do. Do a self-check. How do I talk to myself? There's always room for improvement, um, and that will spill over and give me an attitude of chesed towards others. That's number one. Number two, another idea that I want to offer you is the idea of and, you know, you might think I'm sounding a little loony and I give you all a license to think I'm crazy and that's okay. But this is something that I feel enhances my life and I want to share it with you. Basically, it's the idea of sending other people love energetically. Love is an energy and you don't need to say anything for another person to feel like you're giving them love. It's something that you just give off. It's something that people can sense. So... What you could do if you want to really, you know, especially when there's a person that's getting on your last nerve and you want to see them in a kinder way and you want to be, have a softer relationship with them and you want to connect with them more. So what you would do is you would send them love and this is how you do it. Okay. So the first thing you need to do is find your love center. How do you find your love center? You close your eyes, just relax and bring to mind a person who you love so much, who you love the most in the whole world. And notice where in your body you're reacting to that feeling. Where do you feel a sensation associated with that love that you have for this person? That is your love center. That's the place where you're going to flow love from. 
Okay, so once you locate, and it could be in your heart, but it could be in your stomach, it could be in your shoulders, it could be in your head, it could be anywhere. So once you lo locate it, now you have a place to flow love from. So whenever you want to send someone love, let's say someone's giving you a hard time, when you send them unconditional love from your love center, you're softening the bond between you and them. Something's going to shift in your relationship when you're sending energies of love to them. So you can think of a person who's giving you a hard time. Bring them up in your mind's eye and see a light coming from wherever your love center is, coming from you and shining out to them. And see that light enveloping them, surrounding them, filling them up. You know, really see them basking in that love and see them accepting it and enjoying it. And envision that. And you could do it whenever you want. You could do it, you can. When you're shopping in a store, you could send everyone love. The more the point is, im chasid chasad. The more chasid you put out there, the more love you put into the world, the more you're going to get in return. Because when you do this, you're simultaneously, as you're sending someone else love, you're filling up your whole self with love. You're filling up you with feelings of love. And when you have happy, loving feelings inside of you, you are a magnet to happiness and love from around you. So you're going to automatically, it's going to be like a boomerang. You're going to get right back all the love that you put out there. So I actually know someone who healed her relationship with her child through sending her child love. And her child was sitting in school and she was just in her mind mentally sending love to them. And their whole relationship got softer and more loving and things just went so much smoother. So it's a really nice tool to have. Um, and you could use it in so many different situations. And I think it's something that we should practice and we should get used to doing, even if we think it's crazy. Why not? Let's try it out, right? So that's number two. Okay, so the first thing we said was, first you have to check your own relationship with yourself because your interactions outwardly will all just be a projection of what's going on inside of you. So you could try to be nice from today till tomorrow, but if you're putting yourself down constantly and you're judging yourself and you're so hard on yourself, that's the way you're going to treat other people too. That's just the way it works. So that was number one. Number two, let's send people love, especially those people that we're having a really hard time with. Let's send them love because then we're going to have a different experience around that whole relationship. And now this doesn't mean that we have to be their best friend, right? There might be people in your life that you decide it's better for you not to have much to do with them. And that's okay, right? You could make that decision. But one thing has nothing to do with the other, right? I could separate myself from someone, but now I know how to send them love energetically. So I could still send them kind and loving feelings, which will only fill my life up with those good things in return. So that's number two. And the third idea that I want to give you today has to do with what we said, and we're coming full circle here. We said in Pasuk Gimel, Umin Aivai Ivasheya, that David explains that from his greatest enemies came his greatest salvations. And we have to recognize that on the outside, while it might seem on the outside like our enemy is giving us such a hard time, we have to recognize that those people are going to give us the greatest, you know, mindset shifts. We're going to, we're going to have no choice but to shift ourselves, you know, around their presence in our life. And that creates the most growth. And until we really dive into the sugya and ask the question, how does this person benefit me? How is this difficult person a service to me? then we're not going to really be able to get in touch with it. So let's ask the question, how is this difficult person a service to me? And I had 
uh, into, I had to deal at one point in my life with a difficult person who was, I felt was, and I'm going to give you this example because I think it's very important to really see a real life example, okay, even though it's personal. A person was crowding my space. I was dealing with this lady who was crowding my space, okay? And I was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. It got awkward. It was difficult to handle her. It was not easy, okay? Um, now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, this must be me because I know her and I was one. No, it's not you, okay? You don't know who it is. So forget it. Um, just listen for the message of it. Um, this person was grabbing my space. Now, I actually sat down with the coach and we discussed this exact thing. How does this person actually benefit me? Because when we embrace the challenge, it tends to go away much easier. But what you resist persists. So, so long as I was looking at her with a negative eye, with a harsh feeling, the, the problem was persisting. When I was able to shift and say, how does this benefit me to be in a relationship with this person or to have to deal with this person or, have to, or to have to try to get out of the relationship with this person, right? Then I'm not resisting anymore. Then I'm embracing it. And when you embrace the challenge, then it could pass, right? Then you're learning what you need to learn from it and then it's passing. So that's exactly what I did. And we made a list of all the ways that being in this situation is benefiting and serving me. And I'm not going to get into, we looked at all the different areas of my life, financially and emotionally and spiritually and socially and in my family life. And we looked at everything, but I'll get to the, you know, the most, the most, probably the most significant service that was being provided to me in that situation was the fact that this person, and I discovered this only because I was looking to discover it, right? You're only going to find this if you're looking for it. This person was actually teaching me a very valuable and important lesson in honoring myself, in, in recognizing the importance of, of li listening to my inner voice, finding out what does work for me, what doesn't work for me, learning how to set boundaries and being comfortable with them, being okay with other people's disapproval. All of these lessons were so important for me to learn. And they... And then, and we also, we even saw and we discussed how it benefited me in so many other relationships. Once I learned all these lessons, right? I was in the situation, I was saying, once I really learn all these lessons and I was able to see that I was being forced to learn these lessons in this situation, how is it going to benefit my family? How is it going to benefit my career? How is it going to benefit my friendships, right? I was able to look at all the areas of my life and say, this quote-unquote enemy that I'm dealing with right now is doing so much for me, more than any friend could do, more than even my best friend could ever do for me. So, and actually I got to a place where my feelings softened up so much around her that when I saw her, I was like, thank you. In my mind, I had this like, thank you, right? You, you're, you're helping me in such a massive way and you don't even realize it. So, umin aivai ivashea, from my greatest enemy, I get the greatest salvation, and this applies to all of you as well. So, let's take these three ideas. Number one, working on our relationship with ourself, that has to come first. Number two, sending other people love. Imagine how much more amazing the world would be if we were sending each other energies of love. It's kind of like a way of connecting to someone's soul. Sending them love 
energetically is like you're saying whatever I'm seeing that I don't like whatever it's not real it's not it's not really who you are I'm, 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 I'm focusing on the spiritual essence of who you are on your neshama which is pure and perfect so it's a beautiful way of connecting to someone with unconditional love and the third thing that we just said was let's look at the benefits to us um, that come our way from dealing with the most challenging people. And not only will that put us into an attitude of chesed and attract more chesed, but it will make us feel, it will make us feel so much better. We're not going to be stuck with ichy feelings inside of ourselves, and we'll actually be able to grow from the experience. So there's so, and there's so much, like there's so much good in doing that. So let's practice that. Just want to end by encouraging all of you to share this uh, Tien Tehillim video with your friends and tell them about our classes so that we could spread more love in the world, more light in the world, and um, let's all get on board with learning these amazing life tools. Also, you can press the follow button on Torah anytime if you want to get updates about future classes. Thank you so much for listening.